was like, okay. And then, like, he didn't come. And so I was like, what? Welcome to Hotel Stories Podcast with Tracy and Sam. We back, bitches. We back. It's December 31st, 2021. My, 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 what a couple of years we've been through. Last we left off was 2019. We had no idea what was coming for us. And we've all been through a lot. So today we brought a very special guest on, Mr. Riley Nail. He was a legendary in our business. Uh, and we wanted to just sort of have a chat with him and Tracy and me about all the things we've been through and catch you guys up. So welcome back. Welcome back. We, we left off in McAllen, Texas. Wow, that's what happened to us. We're still down in the valley. We've been down in the valley for a long time. It's been a long two years. Yeah. It's like we did hard time in the valley. We back. We never left. <laughs> We actually went to prison and we had to pick grapefruits in the valley. No, that, that would have been better than homeschooling a first grader and kindergartner. Or Riley. You have yeah. Three. Kids. Three. We we did a we did homeschool um for the first grader. And then the other two we just colored a lot. That's called Waldorf. Yeah. That's a Waldorf education. We did a main we ran mainly an art group out of our house what is that what you gotta do it was just art it was just like Children? do some more art yeah no. it was an art school mm-hmm. here's some art noodles music. see what you can do with these noodles it was a YouTube. It's still finger paint did they do that did they do spin art like what what kind of art I can help it finger painting's too messy it is yeah but you have two boys so what did they do like break shit and glue stuff well i tell you right it was like go outside oh yeah 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 that makes sense yeah, but it was good. We're here. We're thriving. I mean, we're surviving. We're not thriving, right? Maybe we're thrive like. We're thrive like. We're thrive adjacent. Thrive adjacent. That's right. We've had moments of thriving, and then we've had some momentary setbacks. I think right now we're in the middle of one, but it's okay. We're going to bounce back. Okay. I want to hear. So I'm in Telluride. I started a new business doing events, but I've been out of the hotel world for a while now. So I want to hear what's going on. COVID, hoteling. Listen, I think it changes, honestly, I think it changes every day. There's, um, you know, for myself, which I've, I've coined director of special circumstances at this point. I love that new title for you. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I went from brand direct, I've, I've been many things in operations, but then going into a brand director position for a home office and then getting, you know, my feet totally wet with that and getting really into the rhythm of things. And then moving into what we've been through the last two years has just been a, a super wild time. But it's been cool too because it kind of brought me back to my roots of where I started. Right from like I've worked some front desk shifts. I've definitely pulled my fair time and laundry uh, with the president of our company. Um, we were I I think we worked down in the basement maybe for like five or six months. What? At some point you in the summer, yeah, yeah, Just keep the hotel open. We would see, I would say that Riley's an expert on most things, <laughs> you know, because we would see Riley like rearranging books in the lobby or dragging some piece of furniture through the lobby or working in laundry and folding sheets or being a valet or a doorman. Like, they that our corporate team is really uh, specifically you. I saw you more than anybody at the hotel. We, yeah, it's weird. We just, we just did the, we completed this brand roadshow for all of our hotels recently. And um, 
I, when my introduction comes of this presentation each time I go into like what an actual brand director does and I'm like I, th I think there's like a very like muddy waters like a gray area here uh -huh. for everybody but I was like I know you've seen me carrying mannequins through the lobby and then the next time you've seen me folding sheets like what, like, what is a brand who the heck is this dude like what does he do here everyone's like what does riley do but yeah. he definitely must do that yeah like we should call riley i'm like you don't really know what he does but you want to call him yeah so as a hotel did they um furlough or lay off people who were working in laundry and working front desk and all those positions and then just have management step in and do those positions so yeah i mean i think Back to March of 2020, I flew home from Florida, which is my least favorite place to be, but I had a speaking engagement there and I flew home on the 10th of March and on the 17th of March, we were locking up the Adolphus. It was so mm -hmm. crazy that that week. So crazy. And so in that time, we had to furlough every single team member um, except for some essential management staff. And the hotel was closed until uh, almost June. And so all of those people were without work. Mm -hmm. We just did it all. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. That's why like the, the corporate team would come up and do laundry and you know mop floors. I learned how to use a carpet extractor in the ballroom. Well, I, sh I should say I learned because I did it wrong. I did a 10,000 square foot ballroom with just soap. <laughs> and they were like, um you gotta extract it and i was like but it looks good and they're like it's just soap there's uh, of soap it was a real awakening i had such a i was ridiculous you tear up your business card and walk out you're like i'm done i was like who the hell didn't tell me to extract it we're like it's literally called an extractor so yeah we did everything yeah it, it's funny too because like we we set the hotel sat dormant for almost a full month before. I mean, when we shut down, there were rooms that needed to be turned, mm -hmm. like the housekeeping department. And then, I mean, this isn't just talking about our hotel. I'm sure it's happened at 75 dirty rooms. Yeah, I'm sure it happened at multiple hotels that did the shutdown. But like my first, my first day back into housekeeping, which I probably haven't done in 17 years, I was stripping rooms, me and our um, director of business sales or group travel, I think, um, Luke, yeah. it, we, we were up, we were, we were literally stripping beds and um, the things that came flying up my forehead and towards the wall and everything else, yeah, the sort of above and beyond, like we, we could probably have a picture book of the things that we found in the and do. <laughs> and do. And do. Yeah. So it, it, that hotel was talking about going back to your roots. I mean, that that literally was one of those things that you're like, oh man, this this is why we do this. It's for the crazy stories. Well, the crazy you have people like you have so much experience everywhere because of what you did before you came to us. I mean, you literally have done everything in the business. So some people like didn't make it because they literally lived in a silo and they couldn't mm -hmm. they couldn't figure out how to sort of be a jack of all trades and and some people uh were like where do you need me yeah and what do i do and figure it out and it's like you need to humble yourself and do whatever it takes for the business to survive mm -hmm. well tell okay so we should tell riley's background yeah because you've worked everywhere uh-huh um, in every position. We're just one star. All the positions. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've worked in every, so I've led every operational position in a hotel, um, except for engineering. They let me skip that one. Uh -huh. they, 
they just knew, they just knew I should probably skip over Your that. Your wife's one. like, maybe you can go back and get a little engineering. <laughs> you ever want the experience there? I'll make you a deal. Exactly. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, like, let's go next room. There's like wires hanging. <laughs> At Palomar, and um, the housekeeper got electrocuted. Mardonia, yeah, sounds awful. Murder through the wall, but great. Oh my <laughs> That's god, took like a divergent path, but she was like, "Ay, ay, ay, Dios mío!" What happened? My wall um, it was shared with the men's bathroom, and so I heard someone screaming. Woman, woman screaming in the, in the men's bathroom, bathroom, and I ran in there. And at the same time, our engineer, director of engineering, was like. She's okay. She's okay. I was like, how do you know she's okay? We both ran it at the same time. She was changing or she was cleaning a light fixture and tapped it and was electrocuted. There's lots of stories she about her. Anyhow, so you never worked in well, engineering. I feel like engineering is probably the only uh, position I've not worked in. But it's funny because where we did work, I always found myself back in like the branding marketing role, which is you know what I studied in school and then I think we I just I just had like a really um gracious owner that kind of took me under his wing and said hey listen like I don't know what the hell I'm doing you clearly don't know what the hell you're doing let's do this together and figure it out so he he really did groom me in a way and we still talk to this day and it's it's one of those things where you're just kind of like you know what this is it was an education I, I think that I could have never paid for or my parents could have paid for so, anyone else like yeah. he just said I don't, I don't know I don't know I don't know anything about hotels but I've built one and we've opened one let's figure this out together along with a few other people and um I don't know I got, I got really lucky it's so much fun it's such a colorful so much fun yeah it's not like you were at some boring little it was, yeah it wasn't boring it wasn't in the box and it, it was it was crazy too because like as you guys know we have like a insane celebrity following so there's like th those level of stories to like the people of the city coming to be the people that they think they are maybe not necessarily who they are and we 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 provided a place for that and a stage for that it's so interesting um, so it was really cool to be able to like be that person that got to help orchestrate you really did people's fantasies, really. It you know? really is. It was a fantasy. It was not a hotel stay. It was like a separate stage for them to sort of perform on. Right. Uh -huh. Right. Uh, I don't know. It's been, <clears throat> I always say, like, I'm going to write a coffee table book one day called, like, Confessions of a Hotelier or something. And I'm like, do I change the names or do I not? Because I feel like if I change the names, then it dilutes it. But then I think I change your name slightly. I should just change my name. Nile Rail. Nile Rail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Switch the letters around. Yeah, Nile Rail. I feel like some of those people are infamous and just sort of kind of crazy anyway. So they might like seeing themselves in print, you know? I think they would, especially in a city like Dallas. I think I think Dallas has a very rich history, whether it's new rich or old rich or whatever in between rich that you Terror talked rich. about. There's a lot of characters. characters. Yeah. Definitely, and they're not all realtors. <laughs> they're not all realtors. No, that's that's correct. Yeah, I always felt like the people on their way up or on their way down were the ones that were the craziest. Like the really, really big celebrities that came through mm -hmm. seemed to be okay, whatever. But yeah, it was like passed they passed through. Yeah, but I remember one time we had Motley Crue at um, the hotel. 
um, when I was at a previous hotel and everyone's like, oh man, they're going to destroy stuff. They're probably crazy. And I was like, you never really know because right. it's always like the Z-list celebrity that's like breaking your credenza in the hallway, you know, high on PCP. Right. And uh, it's usually these guys that are normal and they're like, no, we just really got to be prepared. And uh, I met them in the lobby because they had a question uh, about where to find a gap so they could get some blue jeans <laughs> and where they could get a, a yoga studio. Uh -huh. And I was like, guys, they just asked for a gap in a, in a yoga studio, like Motley Crue. I think everything's going to be okay. We're going to be fine. We're going to be okay. fine. Well, on the flip side. I'm like, okay, okay, no one's going to break anything. I'm like, probably not. Maybe the phone. That stayed at our hotel. And um, they, the, the PR person came to pick them up because they had an interview for a mm -hmm. TV station. And they were knocking on the door and they were like, we can't get in. They won't answer the door. And so we finally got the door open. Apparently they were up all night, NyQuil and alcohol, whatever. They were getting slizzard. And so they show up for the interview and you can still YouTube it. And the guy fell asleep during the middle of the interview. Yeah. I went to the station with them. You did? Yes. I rode, I rode in the car with them. There's always the Riley backstory. Well, I had no idea. The thing is, when you guys, you know, in cells, y'all passed them on to us at the rooms department. Like, I wrote, like, a nice handwritten note, like, welcome to the hotel, blah, blah, blah. And so nice to have you. It was a bottle of Grey Goose. But he was chasing it with NyQuil. And I remember going up there, I walked in at like 6.30 for my like 7 a.m. shift, knowing this like sweet lady from the PR agency was coming, like had a really good like relationship with her. And she was like, but I texted her before she got there. And I was like, just FYI, I was like, we've had a lot of complaints from his room. There's been a lot of noise and et cetera, et cetera. I've gone up there. I can't get into the room and I'm afraid to like break the D&D &D on the door. Like I, we can't do this. Um, and sure enough, we went in there. Well, the thing was, he was a cage, so he was an MMA cage fighter. <laughs> and so <laughs> we're still using the term celebrity. Yeah. Okay. So I just want to be clear. <laughs> but he was like promoting a widely used term. He was promoting a movie. And I don't think he was even in the movie, which is even more bizarre to me. And we got there and I was like, <laughs> a cage fighter. Yeah. So he was a cage fighter. And so I was like, I think it's time for you to come down. I was like, the car is waiting, et cetera, et cetera. And he was literally chasing his gray goose, like shots from the bottle with some ladies that were also in the room partying and um, with NyQuil. And I was like, and then for some reason out of my mouth, even I remember this to the day because I was like, well, I don't think that's a good idea. And then I was like, oh shit, why did I just say that? He's a cage fighter. And then like, I, I guess he was out of his mind enough at this point that I was like, I could move on from that. And I was just like, okay, we'll see you downstairs. And I was I thought like, you were thinking you're like 23 years. He's like, I think that's a good idea. He's like, whoa, yeah. oh, there's better things to do than night. Well, yeah, I know. Downstairs. Let's get you downstairs to the sweet PR lady that is waiting for you in a car. So anyhow, we did go. And then like, as soon as you fell asleep during the middle of the interview, I was like, well, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> my, my team members are waiting for me. We have a lot of checkouts today. That's a big turn back at the hotel. I started, I started walking back to the hotel at that point, I think. Oh my God. I remember watching, he's still YouTube it. And he's like yeah, mid interview. Yeah. And I'm like, did you just fall asleep? Yeah. And the guy had to wake him up. Yeah. I didn't know that whole backstory. That's the whole backstory. And I, I got there and they were like, there's been a lot. We've had a lot of calls. And the here's the here's the other thing too. They're 
the hotel room that he was actually in, the suite that he was actually in had a stripper pole in it. And so I was like, well, it's probably just because it's that room who's in the room. And then they tell me that it's like one of our entertainment clients. And I was like, well, shit. And I was like, well, who's gone up there? And they were like, well, none of us. And I was like, well, who's supposed to go up there? And they're like, well, you're like, I think I was, I don't even know if I was a manager at the time. I might've been a supervisor. And they were like, well, you're like the supervisor. Riley will do it. At this point, Riley will do it. All right, well, let's go to the third floor. Where, where, give me a key. I didn't know. Uh Yeah, that was the whole backstory of that. Uh It was was a good one. That is insightful education. Yeah. Like what to do in a situation like that when an MMA cage fighter in a suite with a stripper pole has been partying all night. Like Mm -hmm. you got to get them to the news station. And what, what do we, yeah, what do we do after? Very specific success story. Do you think there's anyone else in that room who might be passed out from NyQuil? Yeah. I don't know. They were all um, on a different level, so. Wow. Literally. You know, they were on different levels. Literally. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, we had some things like that happen. Not necessarily like that. No cage fighters. But this this summer of 2020 was like, I think the the rudest awakening uh, for all of us because we had all these layers of that and then all of a sudden we didn't. And when we reopened, we were like, well, who's gonna run the pool? Mm-hmm. Who's gonna run housekeeping? And so some of us decided to, to be pool bartenders and people acted crazy at the pool that, that summer and this summer. Well, you're hearing a lot right now about like airline employees dealing with like really crazy travelers. So I'm sure that's, I mean, obviously it's spilling over into hotels. What do you think? Well, I think people haven't been out. Especially then. Like once the summer hit, people were like, I haven't been out of my house in 18 months or however long. They just went crazy. And they they went, they went nuts. They went nuts. Like we had to, we had to. There's a guy in the fountain. There's stones falling off the fountain. Mm -hmm. How do we get him out of there? I'm like, did we go get the net? Like, what do you, what do you do? Do you like hog tie them out of the fountain? But people just went crazy. And I mean, they'd been locked up in their houses for a couple of months and we reopened and they were like, let's go to a hotel. Well, hotels are the place to go, like you said, to live out a fantasy or like whatever, you're like a different person. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's why people go there to party or commit suicide or overdose. It's like they, it's a crazy spot where it's neutral and they go crazy. They do. They do. And you know what I think we started seeing a trend of, I know Sam and I for sure did here in Dallas, but um, when each week or whenever, whenever, I don't, I don't know the schedule of it, but like when a stimulus check would come out, we'd be like the first and the 15th, we would be like, we would be like, let's close down floors. It, It took us about two or three times, I think, to have that cycle to be like, it's the stimulus check. Wow, what? Because so people, what are people doing? They were getting this, you know, we were amount of money. We were spend their stimulus check there, but. We were grateful for it, but it was also people, and this sounds awful, but I think it were also people that normally wouldn't come to. Even downstream properties. You would call them aspirational clients. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And and I think that they were like had this new amount of money in their pocket that you were like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And it took us probably two cycles of that, maybe three, to be like, it's because of the stimulus check. It was, it would, it would be those weekends or that following weekend or whatever that the 
check hit that we would see like this massive influx of these like partiers on the pool deck or people renting suites that you're like, mm, are you sure you're renting a suite? Uh -huh. I know that you made a reservation for this suite, but what are you about to do in the suite? Uh -huh, uh -huh. Um, so, you know, not like. It's like prom week. Don't like now I'm talking. When you start getting, prom it's prom weekend. weekend. Over, over. You're like, you're going to have to sign this waiver. Yeah, but it's like stimulus check weekend. Uh -huh. so, and they'd been pent up and everyone was, you know, like already experiencing PTSD from pandemic. Right. Uh -huh. And it was a tough summer anyway because of um, all of the stuff happening in downtown. But I think it was everywhere. Everyone I talked to in the industry was like, yeah, man, we reopened and it's like a different planet. You know, uh -huh. we, we're, none of our none of our clients are here. I mean, there was no business travel, no group. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what did happen though. Weddings. Weddings oh. were nuts. Beyond. I thought they were all going to cancel and only two canceled. Mm -hmm. One, one just like full on canceled, and we were like, okay, they're going to cancel, fine. And the other ones broke up. Uh -huh. And we had one. Did I ever tell you this? We had one lady send her contract back, and she would marked out the groom's name. Did you yeah. hear about this? And she wrote another name on there. And when and when we called, we were like, hey, so you there's a different name. She's like, yeah, it's a different groom. Uh uh. Different groom. We moved so on. Like, oh. A different room. Just, yeah, yeah, it's a different room. So I just wanted you guys to know the different room. And we were like, well, is the other groom and his family aware that there's a different groom because they're still calling about their rooms? Uh -uh. Like, no, 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 we're gonna we're gonna make him aware. And we were like, what is going on? And she had met this guy at somewhere, and uh, I won't disclose where, and fallen in love with this guy, and then told the other groom to take a hike. The other groom hadn't told his family yet, but she just decided to change oh. the name on the contract and send it back over. So other groom, I do vaguely remember this. Yes, yes. And we were like, what do we do? Yeah. Like we became like, we were like, should we counsel former groom's family? Should we say anything? Or we should need this room. They're like, we, we would like to inform you that you should speak to the former bride's family. You know, like we're trying to figure out like prices, PR language. You're like, we're going to give you a 90 day chance. Yeah. Actually, uh, this is not the adults. <laughs> you know, this is not the hotel you called. <laughs> you just forward the call. Right. Psych. One moment. But they had the wedding. They had the wedding, and it was it was wild. We're like, okay, I guess we're we're moving forward with this wedding. So, like every piece of business we could save, even crazy stuff like that, because it's none of our business, right? Like whatever, whatever. It was just funny. We were like, well, she just is. There's a different name here, and so we called, and she's like, yeah, different room. But the wedding happened. We're like, guys, we're having a wedding. Time we're having yeah. a wedding. Smiles up. Yeah, trying to glass and silver. Check. Yeah, lighting. Check. Listen, lots can happen in nature. A lot can happen. Find a new groom. And walk Todd or yeah. Donny. Donny Brown. Donny Brown. Yeah. Remember when he tried to build a pagoda in the middle of the the um. Or, a, or what is it called? Like a gazebo in the middle of the Palomar. And he got into a fight with Lisa Dalton. Oh, yeah. You remember when he had a nervous breakdown in our employee cafeteria and they arrested him <laughs> driving down the wrong direction of 75? I feel like Lisa told me that. Yeah, he was bawling and he was like, he kept taking more and more pieces of clothing off. And I was, kept saying, Donnie, are you okay? And he was like, then his shirt came off and he was like, I just don't know. There was two. This is when he was doing our floral at the time before he was a weddings 
person. Oh my God. And um, I was like, okay, I was like, hang on, let me get you somebody. Like I was a front desk agent at the time, like maybe on this seven to 3 p.m. shift. I don't even know. I was like, well, I got check-ins or uh, checkouts or whatever. And he was like, I just, right, and he just sat in here with me for a minute. And I was like, oh, I just came to get some mac and cheese. And you're like, I'm just having a break. He like literally started like throwing like cups and like plates and stuff in that little employee cafeteria that we had in that back of house and uh, garage yeah. and took off running out the garage and he got in his car. And the next thing was he was driving the wrong way down 75 saying that he's going to North Park. They arrested him. And then, and then he had a TLC show. I don't know. What? Where you were with your macaroni and cheese, yeah. just enjoying the day. I was just, I was just trying to prevent the situation. I was, I, try, I was trying to do my best guest services at that point. See, that's what I say. People who do weddings are heroes. If you, heroes. If you can do weddings and you can pull them off, like some of those beautiful weddings that we see in Dallas or everywhere. I mean, they're absolute heroes. The people they have to deal with, the uh, last minute changes. Well, in this summer. about that. Summer was crazy for weddings, right? Because everybody canceled. It was, it was crazy too. For people, yeah. I mean, we're like double masked with a face protector on, and there's people like wearing LED cowboy hats, you know, yeah. riding on each other's shoulders, going woo. Yeah. And we're like, well, I guess we're grateful that they're here, right? Oh, very. Yeah. yeah, they're grateful too. Yeah, it was a wild summer. It yeah. was a wild summer. We did, I mean, I think there were a lot of great things that came out of it and like from the way that we operate now and how like strong the, the teams are mm -hmm. specifically, I think personally, like jumping from hotel to hotel and like market to market, me personally, you saw everyone. I, I got to see a little bit of everyone and there were so, there was such a, like my family and I, we, you know, we took it as an opportunity and, you know, we got, we, we had COVID in March 2020. So I think we had a little bit of a different outlook or like a weird like safety net in our head of some sort. And so we just kind of made a gap year of it. Mm -hmm. We jumped around from hotel to hotel and market to market. And we would stay at like, we stayed in Colorado for like a month or two. And then we stayed in Nashville for like a month and a half. And then we came back to Dallas and we, we did all these like different places. So we, it was weird because I got to see the difference between, you know, Dallas to Nashville or Nashville to Denver or Denver to Savannah or whatever. And there was not ever two cities that were the same, right. you know, going from place to place or from hotel to hotel, like the hotels learned policy different way of operation and policy. But I think the weirdest thing that we all learned, because each one of our, well, all six of our hotels shut down okay. for at least a month, right? And we collectively as a group, whether you were on property or at home office or whatever, we had all, we've all opened multiple hotels before, mm -hmm. like from ground up, like new hotels, new builds, like or, new new or whatever yeah. that is. But we had never reopened a hotel before in our lives. So like, but off closed one, much less closed one. So like Adolphus is the prime example because it's the most historic and iconic and been, you know, operating since 1912, never closed its doors in one day. Uh -huh. And then here comes, you know, March or April. Its door I'm thinking about that, since 1912. So it saw the first and second world war. Yeah. Great depression. 
the Spanish flu pandemic. And it's always, it's always been open. It's always been open, always operating under Adolphus. We were like, wow, it really has been through a lot. No pressure. We're the stewards that have to bring it through this. And, and it's kind of an honor. And yeah, like, it was so. an honor. And I think too, like for like a position of director of sales and marketing like Sam, and then a brand director from the operating company that operates Adolphus for myself, we found this weird way of life where we're like, we know how to open a hotel, but we don't know how to reopen a hotel back to the expectations, back to what people expect of us, back to mm -hmm. people. And what do they expect? Of and us what now? do they expect of us now? And so it was so weird for us, I think, in general, to like reopen all these hotels because we were like, we know what people expect, uh -huh. but it's a different world. And you're short-staffed. Short-staffed. We're all, we're all working. You we're the staff. staff. Like Sam and I are the staff. Our president of the company is the staff of the hotel. Right. And she's working as a team member at the front desk and then laundry and everything else, as I said earlier. But like we we didn't know what the expectations were anymore mm -hmm. that we had been that we knew for the last 110 years. The playbook was thrown Technically, out. the playbook's completely gone. So it's like, do we rewrite the playbook or do we go back to what we know? Uh -huh. Or do uh -huh. we find, yeah, do we find the common ground, like that happy medium? We went everywhere. I think we're still too. trying to figure it out in a way. Yeah, yeah, honestly. But when you would go play, I know that you traveled a lot and I would go to hotels locally and restaurants and see like, what are they doing mm -hmm. differently? And some, some hotels that, our really great hotels uh, were fully shut down and they were like, the, what you get is a room and a check-in experience and that's it. Like right. nothing else is open. There are no amenities, no services. The rates are similar, right? Cause you can't. Right, but I mean, it was change. like you go. And so we learned like, if people are going to come out at all, they're gonna wanna have an experience. Uh -huh. So we always asked ourselves, how do we be a weekend hotel? And we became a leisure destination. Like we learn how to be a leisure destination. We did really win that. Sunday yeah. through Thursday, nobody was there. We were we would operate at five percent occupancy. Uh -huh. All of the hotels were. Uh -huh. And then like Friday, Saturday, and Sunday morning were the only time we would get any hit of occupancy. And so we were like, we gotta open stuff. Uh -huh. You know, we gotta open the pool, we gotta open the pool bar, we gotta open, you know, mm -hmm. breakfast and room service all of it you see all these other places that some of which we compete against and some of them they're just hotels that were venerable hotels that would that were like holding firm and nothing like you get nothing and i think people were just gun shy nobody knew what people wanted uh-huh so some did it really well and some did it like really conservatively and still are you walk through some hotels now in different cities or even in dallas and there's there's, there's a lot of stuff shut down and you don't want to walk into a hotel and feel like, yeah. oh God, this is depressing. Well, when I noticed this traveling, it would say like, out of an abundance of caution, we don't have anyone at the pool. It's like, is it out of an abundance of caution or is it out of just staff shortages, which I get. Or you're just afraid. Or you're just afraid, yeah. Plus all the changes. Like I remember in the summer of 2020, they were like, you know, the county commissioner, the president, the the uh, health and like the cdc like there were all these conflicting messages mm -hmm. plus we also had to manage the expectation of our brand and our hormones like what do we do mm -hmm. are there masks are there not masks yeah. at the pool who's going to swim in the pool with the mask you know do we take temperatures like i was the temperature guy 
at weddings, I would stand at a podium with a temperature gun and check everyone that came into the hotel. Was that part of the contract? Who decided no, that was going to happen? Did it to make people it. feel yeah, just under the policy. Yeah. 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 Pandemic hygiene. Uh, pandemic hygiene. Pandemic hygiene. We're like, <laughs> for you. And oh. like, I don't know what was going to happen. I never had anyone with like 102 right. fever. Like, what was I going to do? Yeah. No, sir. Yes. Turn you're around. To I'm going to need you to come with me, but six feet away from me. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get you a shot of tequila and now we'll get you back to ballet. Thank you. <laughs> right. He's That's weird. Yeah. It was. It was really weird. I don't know. I think that there was um, something to say for it too. Like that's where I was going earlier. So I think I think all of those weird situations that we've just kind of like been thrown into, whether we wanted to or not, mm -hmm. like I think makes us better operators today than we were before. Even though that we like 100% had checked all the check boxes and marks and everything else, like we, I, I think we've come back a lot stronger even though it's still weird and we're still navigating and trying to figure it out and trying to like say like, well, you don't really do this or you do this or you don't do that. Like, I think that we've come back and been like, hey, listen, like we figured out weirder shit. Uh -huh. like, I've always said that before in my career because like I really have figured out the weird shit, like of the positions that I've been thrown into, whether I wanted to be in or not. But this time I, I, it's different because like you come at it at a different perspective of being like, okay, well, Last time I was just figuring it out because I didn't have an option, but this time there's options. Like, mm -hmm. you know, there's like, do you close down? Do you not close down? Do we stay open? Do we do this? Or is this protocol? Is the government behind me? Is right. the, like you like there's actual like options out there that right. are more like guidelines, I think, that like made us like think, oh well, this makes more sense. Why didn't we do like why didn't we do some of this beforehand? Uh-huh. Right. Like what? I don't know. Like I, I think the over opulence of in-room dining. Yeah, I mean, like, that the, that's the thing that I keep thinking about. Like in-room dining, in-room dining has changed. Yeah, like people remember the big like ta-da, and it's uh -huh. like a thirty-eight dollar chicken sandwich, uh -huh. and the carbs and all of that. Like all well, that's all of it. All yeah. that's gone. Even at the at the Uber luxury brands, they're having to rethink all of that. Because, what does that look like now? I mean, it's a smaller, I think most people have a more limited menu mm -hmm. um, and they have things people really like instead of like the four page, right. you know, binder of mm -hmm. everything you can get. You know what I'll say though, as like the brand guy is that I think it's better now because technically in-room dining, and I kind of feel like this should have always been the case, but like where the direction that we took it, at least, I don't know about some of the bigger brands, but the direction that we took it from our company was we are going to make this 100%, 110% an extension of the thoughtful brand that we created mm -hmm. originally. That's the same dining experience downstairs. That's right. As it should be upstairs. Mm -hmm. So like if you're ordering, you know, in-room dining at Adolphus in Dallas or Halcyon in Denver or wherever it might be, you're getting the same dining experience as you would down in that restaurant from a brand perspective. Uh -huh. You're getting the full so pool. Like you don't have to go down there and other people. You're getting the same, like, but you're in the comfort of your room. Yeah. Like that's what in-room dining probably should have always been should've versus always, like yeah. this disconnected dining experience from like, oh, well, you're getting French dining in your room from a hamburger joint downstairs. Right, right? exactly. Like, 
if you're if you're ordering the hamburger joint downstairs, yes. you're wanting the hamburger joint experience, but you just don't want to leave your room. Right. So I think that part has changed a lot, and like has come full circle and made, in my perspective, a better a better experience. Far less complicated. People want less complicated value for their money, and they're not going to come. And that's what they're not going to come down to your front desk and be like, "Well, why did I pay twenty one dollars for that hamburger when I could have done it?" for $12 mm -hmm. downstairs, but risk myself. Right. You know, right. getting sick or right. or whatever the case may be. Or you know, no, like do people want somebody coming to their door? Right. At first we 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 said no stayover service for housekeeping. No one's gonna want anyone in their room. And I was working at the front desk with my director of group sales, uh, Luke, who had been formerly the director of business travel sales. And uh, we were both like, I was the senior leader down there and he was the, the manager that, that, that was our job during those first few months of reopening. And we had that rule, no housekeeping service. And people would call down and be like, what do you mean no housekeeping service? And we found out like really fast, our clients want their room clean. They want it remade. They want turned down and they want in-room dining. Uh -huh. And we were like, holy cow, we had no idea. Uh -huh. because we thought no one wants to be near anyone yeah. but our guests more than 50 percent of them were like i want my room clean today uh -huh. yeah. so we're like oh my god we got to get housekeepers back how do we do that yeah and so like how do we crank back up in-room dining of all things uh -huh. like what do we it do was crazy there? like we literally had zip code yeah yeah figure it the fuck out we we started doing <laughs> we started <laughs> That's Listen, we started doing. I'm making faces. It also sounds like a dirty body part, but, or your license plate. On it's your having like cat pit fun or something. Yeah, exactly. But we, I think every, I feel like we've never done more case studies in our life at this point because from Dallas, like this example that he did. And then you have like a really casual market like Savannah. Uh -huh. And they're like, mm, I don't want anyone in my room. I'm, I'm going to be here for three days. Like no one cleans my house every night. Uh -huh. By the way, they also came back to like almost 100% occupancy overnight. In Savannah. Uh -huh. We're like, wait, what? Wow. We like opened the doors. <laughs> and they were like, all back. Later, we walked somebody. We walked oh, somebody wow. two weeks later. We were at 5% occupancy. You're like, what? Tell me more. Oh my God. Yeah. It was, it was bizarre. Like I've never like turned. So like working for a lot of brands, like you turn your like brain on and off, like, okay, I'm talking to this set of people or I'm talking to this set of people. Like it's a different tone of voice every time, but like, this was so overwhelming of like, okay, wait, what city is this? Yeah. Who are these people? What do they expect or what do they care about or what do they not care about really? What a whole different set of principles and trends guided every city. What cities are you in? Savannah? Um, we've got Savannah, Dallas, Charleston, um, Maine, Nashville, and Denver. Different. Yeah, so I mean, I mean different. literally six different, and different, entirely different things. And like across those, Across those six cities, there's 47 brands. That's including like restaurant and bar brands uh -huh. um, of people that you have to like truly shift every single time you're speaking your tone of voice. Wow. 
because 47 right. different times with six different cities and you're like, okay, well, here we go. How, how, do we, how do we speak to this? Or how do we talk to this? Or how do we deliver what they're expecting or not expecting? Uh -huh. um, because in hospitality, it's about, you know, over delivering that expectation. I think you guys did such an amazing job and I'm so grateful for the company we work for, for keeping the brand voice and the brand language alive and elevated. Because no matter if there were 15 team members in the building or 400, people have, you know, that lather, rinse, repeat, like, this is what the French room is. This is what mm -hmm. City Hall is. You know, this is what um, uh, this restaurant is. And we, mm -hmm. we kept that alive. And a lot of places sort of lost that. Yeah, you're just, like, just, like, just that. sort of became an amenity. And you would see a lot of that out on the road. Like, oh, this is just sort of like an amenity, like mm -hmm. an omelet and a thank you. Mm -hmm. But we really kept that whole vision, I think, across yeah. the portfolio alive. People loved I think it. That was our, was I think that was our hardest part, especially for roles like yours and mine, was to keep those brands alive, whether they were... Whether the like outlet or experience itself was open or not, mm -hmm. we still spoke to like French Room, for example. Like we're still not fully into dining service, but we have this amazing tea experience that's been sold out for six months uh -huh. Uh -huh. from the day that we opened. Tea experience it sold out wildly successful, wildly successful. But we kept that voice open, and we kept that nature of this like historic, iconic situation. Mm -hmm. And you true can the customers are there. And true to the people that already expected, especially during the holidays. Like they just didn't care. If we had been like, here's your tea, yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. You no, know, they'd have been like, what in the hell is this? Yeah, people would have been pissed. Yeah. You know, we were like, you know, it would have been honestly, it would have been worse than if we would have just been been closed. And closed, yeah. yeah. Might never get that That's out. definitely one thing that we've learned, no matter what brand it was or like what city it was. Like what you can and closed, do it, it would have been worse. Do it yeah. focus on the quality and do a lot. Yeah. Do it in small even, yeah. Working as PBX operator with Luke, like working in the front office, it's so funny because like summer of 2020, right? We're still in the throes of it. And it's it's a, it was a really, really tough summer for, I think for everybody. But um, we got routinely, we got calls about when is French Room gonna be open for dinner? And we were baffled, uh -huh. like what? Uh huh. People want to go out for like fine dining tasting mm -hmm. menus right now. Uh -huh. And so when we were like all looking at each other in a room and communicating with home office, like, do we open French room for tea? Is it going to work? And the decision was made by, you know, some really incredible professionals to open it in November, a month early mm. in 2020. And we thought, well, here we go. It either can flop or it'll be successful. And it sold out in November of 2020, a month early than we've ever done it before. It was crazy. Uh -huh. Like two and a half hours. Yeah. Like when we opened the phone. We waited until the election happened. So we did it on November 4th uh -huh. and started it. And it went all the way through early January, sold out. Peak in pink difficult months elsewhere. So we were like, holy cow, we really have something special here. We have to make sure that it stays special, mm -hmm. you know, like the, from the paper and the place settings and the way people look and the way they move through the dining room and like the whole experience at ballet, like it was really, it was really kind of fun because we got to, you know, be the stewards of the story. Mm -hmm. And other hotels were uh, trying to figure out their way too. And some did it well and some didn't. It was not for the faint of heart. I just, not to change the narrative, but I just had a flashback of um, 
I think you said PBX operator. I think that might have been my favorite position I've ever. I think so. Yeah, I I feel like a PBX operator is the one knowing, all knowing person in a hotel. It was my favorite. Fire panel. Listen, and you can have like twenty seven people or something like that up on hold at one time. So like you can literally be like, hey, listen, room one twenty six needs a tampon. Room 307 is a potential overdose, and room 456 is pissed because this hot water isn't at 101 degrees. Yes. Like you, you literally can be know every single thing that's going on in every single room at one given time. We should do. You should do a whole thing on just PBX. Uh, we, when I was working in reservation, screen was front desk at this hotel next to the airport. We had a couple that ordered steak. And the guy used a steak knife to try and stab his wife. And the wife stuck out of the room <clears throat> and took the free shuttle over to the mall, to the Irving Mall, to get away from him. Oh. But then she called PBX to say what happened. And so the PBX operator called the police. The police came and took over our PBX. Mm-hmm. So that if she called back again, they could get it. And they were like, how do I transfer a call? What do I do? And then like, they were manning our PBX with our PBX operator oh my God. at the time. And it was, yeah, they ended up handling it. But it I'm was- telling you, like, if, if you should always be a friend with that PBX operator at any hotel. Mm-hmm. My money, please. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And to be able to like, keep your calm and keep your cool while you're doing it, because you're like, literally answering calls that are like level 10 to like level zero. Yeah. And you get to work PBX again. I know, me too. It was such a learning experience. I hadn't done that since the, the late 90s, the mid 90s. I just want to come up with a different voice. Like, just every call. Yeah, Same. just like yeah. Any, any day, you're like, today I'm going to be this person. Yeah, they do know everything. And then you have to radio, like, stat, like, and you, then the, the lights are blinking, and you have to have like a pad of paper. Like, yeah. did I call housekeeping about this? Yeah. Well, we had a German woman who did it in the Westin, and she would say, Thank you for calling the Westin. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then they're like, excuse me, where did I call? Thank you for calling this the <laughs> Yeah, this is Dallas. Mm, yeah. <laughs> One moment, please. I'm super proud of the whole, I'm super proud of our industry, though. It'd be great if you're the PBX operator and you just mispronounce the hotel name. Every time. Every time. It's like a Western, but you're like, thanks, this is the Hilton. Yeah, thank you for calling the Hilton. Yeah. <laughs> No, I would never do that. I'm the yeah. leader of this hotel. Why would I say, why would I make up a voice? Yeah, no. And the other PBX operators just had their heads down. Like they can't say anything. <laughs> I'm like, you want me to burn your house down? Because I'll do it. I'll do it. You tell anybody else I make up voices, I'll burn your house. I'm having fun. Yeah. No. I vaguely remember threatening to burn someone's house down, uh, my, my revenue director. And like when he started, I was like, you know what? If you do that, I'm going to burn your house down with your family in it. And he was like, <laughs> whoa. He didn't know, like, I'm a joker. Like, I would never do that. He was, like, trying to lower the rates on some weekend. I was like, if you do that, I'm going to burn your house down. Mm-hmm. And walked out of the room. And I'm like, you know, I'm kidding, right? Like, I would never, I would never let your family be in the house if I burn it down. <laughs> Our revenue. They're trying to figure out how to, like, well, it's funny that you say that, too, because, like, when I started as PBX, I mean, this was years ago, our revenue director sat directly behind me. Like, it was a tiny little room. Like, reservations, all that kind of stuff. He was a great character, too. Yeah, he, he was one of my favorite people still to this day. But he, um, 
there was another kid that had just started. This was like the opening team. Like we had literally just opened the hotel. And so like you're sitting in there, you hear everyone's conversations. And um, John, our revenue director at the time, kept, he kept getting calls from all these creditors. And it was, and he was like, oh, what the fuck is going on? Like, he's like, I just, he's like, I never use my credit card every once in a while. I'll like buy something from Nordstrom or whatever, like on phone. Like, I don't even think like online shopping was like a huge thing yet when we first opened, like in 2001 or whenever. And um, <laughs> kept getting all these calls from creditors. Well, it turned out this one random PBX agent, he kept listening to his phone calls. And so he would write down his credit card. No. And he was maxing out his credit card. No. Yes. And so we, we, obviously we finally figured it out randomly when he, he like got in, I guess he was like a hacker of some sort. He like got into like this like shared drive thing and was like changing the changing the schedules this is like when we had like print the schedules manually and like all the kind of stuff and like posted at the front desk in the front office or whatever and he would go in and he would like give himself his every Saturday and Sunday off which we know never happens in a hotel uh-huh. and um, John kept being like I'm sorry why do you have Saturday and Sunday off why do you have Saturday Sunday off and he finally got into it and then like he started looking into this kid and the kid had been buying like shoes and like these like backpack shaped like teddy bears oh, and like <laughs> yeah and, and he was selling yeah, super eating dumpster yeah so the only thing that went on by that dumpster there was a lot of weird stuff that happened I'm mistaken by that dumpster I was had a PDX agent one time that she went on this like holistic diet she tried to drink her pee uh-huh. and, yeah and it was a, it was a small office and we had to kick her out she we eventually had to let her go did you? Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Yeah. We had a, a woman. If you drink your pee. Oh. I don't want to be on that diet. <laughs> Either. I'll just I, I, kind of, I, I still try to Google it every once in a while and I can't find it. I think she made it up. I don't know. Yeah. We had a PBX. We had a phone sex operator. It was a lesbian phone sex operator and she had this wonderful voice and I was like you have such a great voice Bessie and she's like well I work on the side as a lesbian phone sex operator what do you think of that and I was just like wanting to be airlifted out of that room. I'm having a nacho yeah. in the employee cafeteria and I was like wow that's, that's something well, there you go. another guy um this is when I worked at the Melrose we had another guy who um liked to fax pictures of penises to other hotels remember when we had the fax machine yeah it's like we had to fire him we're like hey you know another hotel called and said that they've been receiving faxes from the melrose of penises so you gotta go remember hotel fax when it it was like if you had somebody who tried to rob your hotel or stayed in your hotel and then you got the hotel fact sheet that was like yeah that's what's going on around the city of like the hotel the hotel security network that's right yeah. Yeah. I'll okay. So there's two things. I'll end, you said a lie. I'll end on this one because there. This this is oh, so good. This might, be, for us. this might be one of my like favorite games that we used to play when I was a front desk agent, and we can probably do like an entire series on this one. But um, Craigslist has a missed connections or like a hookup site on it, uh-huh. and I used to have to go through there as rooms director and flag them as in the name. Well, I would have to like flag them as inappropriate or whatever, because people come to hotels and they post like, you know, man for man or looking male looking for female, blah, 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 blah. Like there's thousands of different uh, genres that you can think of. 
However, a lot of them post photos of themselves without their faith. And so my favorite pastime is, especially when we worked that like three to 11 shift at the front desk, oh, it's the best was one. matching the penis with the face with the people that were walking through the, <laughs> walking through the line. I thought you were going to say matching the furniture you see in the picture of the hotel. That's what I was no, 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 because they would be there and we'd be like, they're still in house. These people are still in house. <laughs> Yesterday, they must have checked in. Oh, they would say what hotel they were at? Yes, because they'd be like, hey, come find me at such and such. Um, I'll host. Um, so picture only. Penis. Yes. And then it would be, I'm at this hotel. I'm at this hotel. I will host. I have a room. DM me with picture only. Like a lot of them would be like, you have to have a picture or you don't have to have it. Some of them didn't really get it. Like, oh, that guy over there. That's yeah. And I'd be like, yeah, that, one, training. that one. Yeah. He's definitely got curvature. Look at those. Look at that man. Uh -uh. Look at that one. Uh -uh. So like we would like say literally, you know, because there's like comes a point of time of that like three to eleven shift that you're like, okay, we've got like three arrivals left. I'm not doing any work for the rest of the day. It's like it seven p.m. and then I was like, well, penis matching time. And so like we would go into it, and it was always like the most bizarre like. Now you are going to have to do this, but you're going to have to like match up these like I'm doing photos. It. We did it one time when we were at the Palomar. We found a, we, there was a girl that worked there who looked exactly like Paris Hilton mm -hmm. and carried the dog and everything. And we, somebody brought it to our attention that she was filming porn in the room. We were like, well, development came to me because I was in sales and marketing and they were like, hey, they're shooting this upstairs. And yeah. And then I had to watch with our HR director in my tiny office. For like that, her video? Video. That's definitely the carpet in our suite. Yeah, because yeah. I called HR corporate and they were like, well, we need to make sure it's it's the right one. Like, that's the right kingdom plaid for sure. Yeah, so then I was like sitting there with our Dorian outfit and I was like, I, am I really watching porn with my HR director? And then I had to put my credit card in and I'm like, can I expense this? And she's like, I guess so. So I put my credit card number in, paid for it, watched it with her. And then as I'm watching it, the girl calls me, you sick girl, what are you doing watching my video? Blah, 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 blah. No, like, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Are you lesbian? And all this stuff. And I was like, well, you are going to get a cease and desist. Like, yeah. you need to take it down. It's our hotel. Like, you, you could see the furnishings and everything and the carpet mm -hmm. was her. <laughs> and obviously, you could see her. I didn't. And her carpet. <laughs> You saw her furnishings in her business. The carpet and the carpet. Uh -huh. I just walked right into that. Uh -huh. That's definitely our carpet. <laughs> and, oh my God. Well, on that note. Uh -huh. On her carpet. Oh my God. So where should we go next? Back. Where, what city? Riley, you're our guest. Where should we go next? Man, I don't know. I think there are so many cities that have like extreme characters, but I feel- Ever been to Omaha? I you have not. Some really good ones in Omaha. Have you? Yeah, we were, listen, I feel Omaha, like Shreveport, like in, in Myrtle Beach, like I was not Myrtle expecting- Beach. Yeah, that would be a good one. There. I don't know, I feel, I feel like I've met some, well, all of our cities for the most part of, are pretty Southern cities. Okay. And there are some very extreme personalities in those Southern cities, so. I'm happy to jump on anytime when there's yes. definitely a Charleston or a Savannah. Savannah's got some wacky. Savannah, I don't think we've done Savannah. I feel like we should start taking this on the road. 
We should we should start doing it only from rooftops of hotels. I love that. The noise quality would be perfect. <laughs> perfect. <laughs> but we but we could also meet some people. Let's do it. Say, uh, before we leave, how grateful I am for everyone in our industry for totally. pulling through and really being champs because yeah. this is something like um, real hospitality professionals emerged. You know, yes. We thought we knew them and some are gone. Some had to find different careers, but for the ones that are still here, like you're my heroes for doing what you do. Yeah, oh, we absolutely. see you. Yeah. We do, but I definitely want um, I definitely want to say thank you to all those people because it's been incredible to watch people yeah. serve in this industry that literally cratered. So and you're making the magic happen for people who are coming back out and yeah. are paying yeah. the stimulus check or whatever, having yeah. these human experiences again. Yeah, I mean, it's, it truly is hospitality at the core. And I think for all of us that work in the industry, like we all are like, in the business of shifting that's all we know to do like we know to shift from that ballroom to the upstairs fiasco to the, to, to, to the restaurant bar the lobby bar whatever like we know how to do that shifting but i think now it's it means so much more of what we all have learned whether we work through it or whether we didn't work through it or what we're learning today from day-to-day -day operations is i don't know it's, it's above and beyond i've never learned to shift more in my life right once I had three children. <laughs> you have you have like these people who've been working for us since 1980 who are working alongside the next new generation of hospitality people. Mm -hmm. The whole generation of people was wiped out in our industry, but like these new kids that are coming through, well, I don't mean to say kids, but like new people who are coming into our business sort of exploring to see if they want to do it. Mm -hmm. like they have these industry veterans next to them and it's so cool to watch them kind of you know, bring them along. Mm -hmm. And some people are like running out the door, like, I don't want to do this. And some people are like, this is, I think I can make a home of this. Mm -hmm. You remember when that was like, remember when you started, you thought like, I really like this industry. Like, am I crazy? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. We are. Okay. So we have to figure out where we're going next. So we, sounds like we're going to Savannah. I think we do Savannah. Riley has a lot of experience. Riley, you need to come on. Will you come on? Yeah. Help us with Savannah. Absolutely. Okay. All right, good. All right. Well, this is Hotel Stories Podcast 2021. We back. We back. We Stay tuned for 2022.